Welcome back to another episode of Having Coffee with Johnny Mac. Today, we're talking about prosperity gospel. Yes, prosperity gospel. And the crap that it spews. Exactly. So there's a lot of prosperity gospel out there talking about things that really are not true. And they rope people in on these huge mega churches. These places are huge because they like what these pastors or preachers are saying. Austin. Yeah. Whatever you want to call them. I call them entrepreneurs because they're not leading people to Christ. Uh, so basically, the gist of this, if you don't know, is that they will tell you that as long as you have enough faith in God and Jesus, then you're going to be rich and you're going to be healthy. You'll never get sick and all your wildest dreams are going to come true. In fact, if you get sick, then you've sinned or you don't have enough faith. That's right. You're just not good enough. God has not blessed you because you are just not righteous enough. So apparently at this time in my life, I'm so unrighteous. You are just not righteous and unworthy of the pearly gates. <sighs> Prepare for hellfire. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, lots of people fall into this and they, they believe it and they wholeheartedly go in on it. Like, oh yeah, I've just got to be perfect and... If I'm perfect, then God's going to give me money and beautiful women and big houses and fancy cars. And I'm never going to get sick and I'm going to live forever. It's great. False. Garbage. Garbage. Yeah, when you, when you really dig into the Bible, you can, you can tell right away that that's false. I can go right now and pick up the Bible and, and pick out several different things in there where it talks about how that's a false gospel. Job. Clearly, clearly in play. Yeah, there's several people. There's Job who God gave permission to Satan to afflict. He just said, you can't take his life. And it's because Job was the most faithful. The most faithful. And he stayed faithful to the very end. And that's what God was proving to Satan is that he would not turn his back. And then the same thing with Timothy. Timothy has suffered from stomach ailments. And he talks about it often in the Bible. You have Paul with the thorn in his side. We're not entirely sure what the thorn is, but some people think that he had a problem with his eyes. I could go on and on about the different stuff that had happened to the people that were closely following Jesus. Yes. So for one of these individuals... We won't go into all the names other than the one already mentioned. Uh, to go around and tell people that you just have to have all this faith and you got to not sin and you're just going to be rewarded like crazy is false. The Bible tells us that our reward will not be on this earth. It will be in heaven. The poorest on earth with faith who do for their fellow man will have kingdoms in heaven. They will have it'll it'll be grand for them up there. Well, it's because our flesh wants the promises here. It seeks the promises here, but it's yes. because we don't have the mental capacity to really think about the eternal life and how it's going to actually mean more because it's eternal life. So like when he promises us that we're going to have this stuff it doesn't mean it's going to happen in the here and now or even in this lifetime. It even says in the Bible that many devout people had that had followed Christ and was faithful died without their promises being fulfilled to them. So if you're in that boat, then you have good company. Yes, exactly. I mean, look at how the disciples that we know how they died. Look how they died. Whew. I mean, what, two of them crucified? Quartered, crucified, Quartered. Uh, stabbed, stoned, beheaded. Yep. I mean, horrible, horrible things. But they stood on their faith. They and that believed. was the will of God. Everything is the will of God. Mm -hmm. And that was the will of God. Yeah. And they stood by their faith in their time. 
their appointed time. And they stood on it and they did not back away. I believe you were, we were talking about this the other day. I can't remember right now off the top of my head which one it was. was crucified and was, he was still preaching, preaching while Think, upside down. I may be wrong, but I want to say it was Andrew. He wasn't upside down. Pa Peter? Peter was upside Peter, down. Peter. You said he was. But he wasn't the one preaching for three days. Okay. I thought it was. Maybe I got it confused. But this guy, I think it was Andrew, and he was crucified, but it was right side up. Yeah. But he but preached still, for three to, days. To preach for three days, and he was upbeat. He wasn't like he was somber. Oh, I'm dying on here. Follow the ways of Jesus. Oh, woe is me. No, he was upbeat because to him, he knew his time had come. Like, he, his reward was coming. As soon as his soul left the flesh, he mm -hmm. was in the kingdom of mm -hmm. heaven. Paul actually talks about that a lot. Um, it's kind of funny, and I can't help but laugh in Paul's writing when he's in prison, like, again, for the I don't even know how many times. But he's in prison, and he says, you know, I want to be here to help other people but really like I mean paraphrasing of course but he's like I really don't mind if I die because I'm going to be in a better place so like he had this like honest like he was like torn between like mm, you know I could die right now and be totally okay but like I feel like I need to be used here a little bit longer like he, he was fine one way or the other yeah I mean that's how we have to be when you think about it you think about, for instance, 9-11, the, these suicide attacks where they're crashing planes. They had no qualms about that because to them, they were going to reach their afterlife, their 40 virgins and everything else. They realized that their reward was going to be in the after, not the now. So for them to give up their life, and they still do, the Muslim faith, they, they will die for their faith. Because they wholeheartedly believe in the afterlife, what the rewards they're going to get. But a lot of Christians here in America aren't seeing it that way. There are Christians around the world that do. They, they will die. They think about the afterlife. Christian. It's something about the cushiness yeah. of America and how like we... I mean, there's Christian persecution here, but, I mean, a Christian's not, not going to be slayed on the street for being a Christian in America. That could happen in other countries. Mm -hmm. And it is um, happening. And it so is happening India in other countries. There's an India, uh, Indian purge right now in, in India. Yeah. Um, the, the Hindus are killing uh, Christians. Um, but that's the problem with America is we become so cushy that we don't think about the eternal things that are awaiting for us. We think that our life is all that matter. We have a very me mentality, very selfish mentality. We're not here for other people anymore. Like, I bet it would shock most people to to really know that we weren't created to, to just, like, live out our own pleasures. We were created to love and serve other people and to love and serve God, no yeah. matter what. And, like, it's just the cushiness of America that I think, like, they don't understand that our life here is like a blink of an eye. It's so fleeting compared to that of eternity. It's yeah. like a blimp. But I, I would say it's not all Americans. There are Americans no, that are willing all. to die Yes. for what they believe. And they have before. And they have. The Columbine I think a lot of people, yeah, Columbine, that was a big one. When he held the gun to her head and says, you know, do you believe in God? And she said yes. Yeah, she said yes became a very huge catchphrase they for a very long time. They put that in songs. There was a song. I used to have used a shirt that, that said so, I mean, it. <laughs> that, that became a big thing and it was mm -hmm. a big deal um, because she said yes. And knowing, that's what, you know, knowing what would happen. That's how we should all be when mm -hmm. it comes to our faith. And I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't believe and they just choose to, even if they think there, there might be a God, they just don't really dabble in it. They just don't give it, pay it much mind. It's like mm -hmm. they don't care, really. Yeah. Uh, they should, because, I mean, we're talking about... Eternity. Eternity, which is... Eternity. 
eternity. Like just, okay, let's sit and think for a moment. Everybody listening, sit and think. Eternity. What do you think of? Like our mind can't even comprehend. Could you imagine doing forever? And ever. Forever? There's no end. Yeah. No end. But when you when you look at what the text says about that, it also says that when you enter the kingdom of heaven, you're without fear. Mm-hmm. You're without pain, yep. sorrow. You feel nothing but joy, love. Things are great. Right. You, you don't have any of the negative emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. You ha- only have positive, and you just, it's an amazing, blissful feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want that on earth. They want that now. I would not want immortality. No. I would not. Like, if I had a choice, if somebody came up to me to, and was like, hey, I have this potion, you drink it, and you're immortal, I'd be like, nah. No, thank you. I'm no, good, there's thanks. too many re- rewards waiting on the afterlife. So. Well, not to mention that just because you're immortal doesn't mean that you don't get sick or feel pain. Or like, I mean, think of all the, the loved ones that you would lose. You'd end up just like alone floating in the earth until the end of the earth. I mean, like, who would want something like that? Pilot. <laughs> These preachers, they'll have somebody come in and they're they're sick. And they will just tell them that they need to... Stop sinning. You're sinning. You're doing something wrong. And these people try and try and try and mm-hmm. try. That goes against everything that Jesus mm-hmm. said. Like and he I'm... basically, in what Jesus says, I'll paraphrase here, is to try not to sin. Mm-hmm. But we are in sin. We're of sin. We're born so into we, a sinful world. We can't not sin. It says that our hearts are deceitful yes. and evil and bad. And so, the only thing that makes our hearts good is Jesus. Yeah, so we're going to sin daily, a lot of us. And I mean, we're going to try not to. We're going to do our best, but it's hard to go through a day and not feel right. envious of somebody. And you know what? To have a doubt. Speaking of sin, that's what I was saying. It's like it's even the little things that nobody even thinks of. Yeah. It's doubt. Because it's in your mind, it's too. It's gossip. It's like... The little lies that we tell here and there. Like, it's the thing. Like, people think sin, they think the big things. No, it's like little things that you almost can't even... They'll think actions. Right. Like, you did this sinful thing. But how about thoughts? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people have had some kind of an impure thought during, during the day? Maybe not lustful, but like I said, like, envious. Like, you wanted... You you were envious of somebody else's possessions, or you anger towards someone this. is considered sinful. Or you seen a homeless person sitting in the gutter begging for money, and you scurry away from them because you you know, nowadays it's rough. I get it. People try to donate money, and they're getting robbed or killed or whatever. And then you hear all the stories about people that are making a ton of money a year panhandling so people start doubting it puts these doubts in people's heads so they mm-hmm. don't they don't give but i i think about that and i think man if jesus was with me right now and seen this person in the gutter how would he handle it would which he, he is because he's in you yeah but would he say keep driving don't don't drop that quarter you got in your dash in that guy's bucket because you know he might be a drug addict mm-hmm. or would he try to do something for the guy and yeah jesus is going to try to help he's going to do what he can but jesus is one of those entities people that he already knows what that person needs he knows what's affecting them and he's going to try to guide them out of that because that's what Jesus is. That's what he, knows he does. He knows the soul, the mind, the thoughts. Knows we what you're gonna say don't to really have that superpower. Right. He knows the number of hairs in your head. Yeah. So I mean, we we do our best, and we got we gotta try to make good judgment calls and do what we can to help each other. We we are one humanity, you could say. We everybody on this earth. 
is one people. I'm glad that you brought up the dangers of the prosperity gospel, though, because I was hoping we would talk about the dangers of the prosperity gospel. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Like, I mean, like, for your spirituality, for your mentality, for the, your emotional, the emotional side of you, like, it really filters into every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I mean, I didn't even know that the prosperity gospel was, like, called that until I watched American Gospel. If you guys haven't seen American Gospel, go to Netflix and check it out because, like, it's it's life-changing, which you still have to see it. It's really mm -hmm. good. But um, that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so many of the church that I churches I grew up in. And, like, because I was fed that if something went wrong or if something happened to me or if I was sick or, or whatever, that I had sinned. So I kid you not, I spent probably 18 years of my life trying to like absolve my sins by trying to be good mm -hmm. and to apologize and to go through fiery hoops to to be accepted because I thought that I was this sinful person and I needed to try to climb this staircase that was like impossible like they make it impossible because I mean I mean as you know I've had a lot of stuff happen to me and like just the past several years different health crisis stuff going on and like with health crisis situations with the prosperity gospel you've sinned or you don't have faith and like this, it ate away at me spiritually. It put a separation and a barrier between me and God. And it hurt me mentally and emotionally. I swear it probably caused like some of the sicknesses that I went through just because of the stress of trying to absolve your own sin. Yeah. You know, like the stress of that is like mighty, man. Well, that reminds me of a quote from Tyson James this song that he does he's a christian rapper he's he's trying to do clean hip-hop music talking about god <clears throat> but one of the lines he has in his song is talking about prosperity gospel and he says you don't point them to the cross you point them to a therapist <laughs> yes because you try to make them feel like mm -hmm. they aren't worthy it's and i had been They're... to a therapist remember exactly. So it's true. It, that, it's that absolutely verse true. Rang in my head because I was like, "That is one hundred percent the facts." Yeah. Like they, for one, they tell you you got to donate money. You got to give, give, give. Oh yeah, dig, if you give a hundred dollars, you'll get a hundred thousand. Oh man, yeah, you give us this much money, you're gonna get it back tenfold. Mm -hmm. Oh man, here's my hundred. I can't wait for my thousand to roll in. Exactly. Well, that's how these Joel Olsteins and them have these big multi-million dollar mansions and all these cars and beautiful women and pools. and Which the American gospel goes into. So, like I said, just be sure to yeah. check that out. So, I mean, they are getting rich telling you that you're not worthy of heaven mm -hmm. because you're a sinner and you need to give more money to the church so that they can pray for you. Yeah. And you need to be a better Christian so you can get healed. Yeah, this or you one can guy. Get wealthy, or you can get a nice house or a good job or whatever, whatever prosperity mm -hmm. that you're seeking, you got to donate to them and then be a better Christian to get right. it. Right. It's, it's, they're selling you pipe dreams. They people. are too. And this one guy that was on American Gospel, he, um, yeah, oh, he had Parkinson's. Mm hmm. Um, so he, he because he was a sinner, barely. Yeah, and he didn't. Donate he was a preacher enough. too. He didn't donate so, okay. enough to the church. Um, but he had Parkinson's, and um, when he was younger, uh, his family wanted wanted him healed. Yeah. They took him to a Benny Hinn um, preaching thing that that was going on, and they made sure that he did not make it to the stage. You know how Benny Hinn. You know, like put his hand on people and they were healed. You yeah. know, stuff like that. They made sure right that touching off. Yes, healed. yeah. They made sure he Hallelujah. didn't make it to the stage. And before they made sure of it, they asked his dad how much money he had. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's the money. And he never made it to the stage. He said that what happens is they'll take people that maybe doesn't have like 
you know, obvious physical illnesses. Mm -hmm. And that's how he... It's smoke and mirrors. Yes. Because people want to believe in these miracles. They want to see a miracle performed and then believe in it so badly. Especially Christians. Like, it, somebody's performing miracles. They're healing people. They want so badly to believe it and be able to see it. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one thing it's that's hope. missing. It's hope. Because Christianity is completely based on faith. Yeah. Blind faith. You can't see God. You don't see angels. And it even says that in the Bible, too. It talks a lot about faith. Like, yeah. I mean, the just will have faith. It's, it's about faith in God. But he knew that that was a high standard. And that's why he sent Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because now, instead of having, like, to, to go, like, solely on, what I'm trying, I'm trying to say, like, faith in order to be healed and stuff that, that you have, if you have faith in Jesus and faith in the cross, then you are forever redeemed through him. Yeah. And, and that keeps your faith strong. In fact, it talks about, like, asking for renewal in your faith every day because we're human. Yeah, we are human. And, and that's the thing is, like, these prosperity preachers talking about all their jargon living in these multi-million dollar homes i'm like if they were truly following the path of jesus they wouldn't be living in this big multi-million dollar mansion best they'd probably be moving around in an rv going from place to place and trying to touch as many lives as they can and save as many people as they can mm -hmm. and drawing people in they wouldn't be building a super massive mega church in texas and then having this big I don't even know how many acre property with million dollar homes on it. Uh, it. It's crazy to me. It's like how many homeless people could you feed per month for the amount of money that it took to build all that or buy it all? And then how much money do you have in the bank and how many homeless people could you get off the streets? Mm -hmm. I, that's one thing I think about every year is like... How many homeless people are in places in the northern states where it gets cold, you know? Yeah. It gets, you know, minus 30, minus 20 at night. And you got people that are still sleeping on the streets. I mean, they, they insulate themselves with whatever they can get and they somehow survive. But it gets bitterly cold. Mm -hmm. And people are still out there. A lot of them try to migrate south, but they're usually walking. They might try to hitchhike or what. But this, not all of them have a way to get yeah. to a warmer climate. They're just kind of stuck. So, I mean, yeah, they, these prosperity people, they, you got people that are super sick, that are throwing all their hopes behind this miracle. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it couldn't happen that they get healed. And God's still a miracle that worker. That would be God, though. God. It mm -hmm. wouldn't be because one of these prosperity gospel people healed them because this person gave them a thousand bucks it would be because god took pity on them and said they just gave their last thousand bucks and they don't have enough money for the treatment that they need to get better yeah. i'm just going to heal them because mm -hmm. i'm not ready to see them die yeah but that's all god because like the fact is is like the bible says that those who are in christ will be persecuted will be afflicted We'll be going through our own trials. He talks about sending us through the fire to yeah. refine us. We don't know what that fire is, but most of the time it's probably going to be painful. Trials but and tribulations. Like Job said, you know, like he'll send you through the through the fire, but you'll yeah. come out like gold on the other side. Because yeah, Job lost everything. He he was physically ailing he had what boils all over his from body. head to toe i mean he he got put through the ringer and he never lost and faith. what he said is the lord gives and he takes away and if he can give miracles why can he not give trials and pain yes he was totally okay with god's will despite i mean it said that he sobbed from the pain yeah and you would. I mean, it's, it's severe pain that he was going through and right. loss. I mean, the loss alone and then your own physical ailment. But and that's then, because he was the most faithful. faithful. Yeah. So I think that's a key point. Very key. That we should take and point out 
is and it also says that if you if you endure if you endure you will reign with Christ one day. Mm-hmm. It's really about the test of faith and endurance. Are you going to turn your back when you're being put through the fire? Yeah, you got to maintain. And that's that's the key to it all. And I mean people like to talk about talking about God here. I mean, they talk about like, well, if God was so loving and so caring, why would he allow this disaster to happen to destroy all these homes or kill people and whatnot? And I've I've thought a lot about this over the years. So my my thinking on this is God allows bad things to happen to good people because it's for a purpose. He doesn't mm-hmm. just allow bad Everything things is purposeful. to happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason behind it. He, he right. does it. Like, yeah, this good man got killed by this tornado. Why would he allow that good man to die? Maybe he allowed that good man to die to allow another good man to take his place, mm-hmm. to allow somebody else to step up. Mm-hmm. Because maybe while that guy's doing the job, nobody else was. Sometimes do it. it's ripple effects too. It is a ripple like effect. it, it takes the death of someone in order to cause a a certain emotion in someone else or other people mm-hmm. that pushes into a bigger cause. It is. It's a ripple in the water. Yeah, and when and you think with these disasters, you really see how God works mm-hmm. in these times. People don't recognize it a lot, but like say a town gets destroyed in a tornado and you see all the people not just the EMTs and the police officers and everything that come in to go through the debris but volunteers that come in to help take care of people that are without homes to help take care of the injured to provide shelter food water to people that Right. Is like the spirit of God working in that community. It really is. And they don't even realize that they're doing it. They don't realize that they are the spirit of God taking care of these people. Right. Something put a call into them saying, I'm going to go volunteer to go help this community. Because what Christ wants for everyone's life is for them to lay down themselves, their selfish desires. And to serve and help others because yes. that's how you show the love of Christ. Yeah. And if everybody did that, think about how good the world would be. And sometimes there's lessons to be learned. Like I've been listening a lot to Clara Wineland the past couple days. And she just popped up on my YouTube. She died two years ago. I was telling you about her. Yes. She had cystic fibrosis. At 13 years old, she started a foundation for cystic fibrosis to help financially, like families and stuff, because it's a very high maintenance disease and it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And um, she died two years ago after her lung transplant. She had a stroke and died, but like her foundation's still going on and brings in millions of dollars. But her death, like just like her, the way that she had talked about death and like how she had talked about like how beautiful life really is and what it really means like she was talking to when today when i was watching a video today about how like you don't really know how much you want life until you are dying and then every potential that you have is ripped from you yeah and uh but like she's still being used as a ripple effect. Yeah. You know, even through her death, through her trials and her sickness and her pain, it it served a bigger purpose and help is still helping so many people. It's the spirit of God through her that's affecting other people and her message because she was in God. When she was dying, she remained upbeat. And she was still of good humor. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that she was making the joke about, I'm just dying faster than everybody else? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't let it get her down. She would, like, cough today. She, she like, coughed. And she goes, oh, sorry, allergies. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, she was a sweet person. I would have loved to have met her. Very sweet. Uh, very 
strong faith in God. Um, and her life mattered. Her life mattered. And, and she is still, through God's grace, touching people today. Right. Years after her death. Two years after two her years, death. Two years she's today. She's still touching Think lives. Think about it. Um, Job, it was a test. And God took away his loved ones. Um, yeah. So you're slow. We were talking about Job like ten minutes ago. <laughs> now you're talking about Job. You guys are talking too fast. Uh, it's because of the coffee, we're all amped up, caffeinated. Something's wrong with them. Yeah. Um. He got his family stripped away from him as a test. So when people die, then sometimes that's something from God. It's not something again that God didn't do. That's a good outlook, Joel. Yeah, it's a test. Then, that's what we've been talking. It's a about. testament to faith because really, what it all comes down to is God's glory. Yeah. God wants His glory, and all glory will be His. Yeah. And sometimes people like to rip that glory away and likes likes to allot it to other people, <laughs> but it's not other people's. It's God's. Yeah. And they're like, look what I did. Exactly. Well, you were only able to do that because God allowed you to do that. Exactly. He gave you the skills to do that. Which is something else I would like to talk about in a later podcast is people doing good things for notoriety and recognition. Yeah. <laughs> they take selfies of themselves doing these great things and then go as far as to say, I did my good deed. I'm so awesome. <laughs> I'm so awesome. Cause I tell you right now, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. Cause like, Oh my gosh. Like I have so many things that I still have to work on. But one thing that has always made my skin crawl is that. So if I do something good, if anyone knows about it, it is very little people, probably just like you, because I'm going to have to give you an excuse as to like yeah. why there's money missing or why I'm late. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm like that. I don't like taking credit for stuff. That's why I like, I'm not going to go into it, but a couple of years ago when we went out for my birthday dinner and we came across that, uh, deal and then a year later I get a phone call from that guy's mother inviting me to that party mm -hmm. and she literally had to track me down I wasn't looking for them or nothing it just popped out like a year later ripple effects you guys and I didn't want to go at first because I'm just not that kind of person. You're not a social person. Let's just, just face go it. In like, oh yeah, I'm so awesome. I helped. <laughs> no, I was like, no. But I was actually legitimately curious as to the well-being of the people because it was a traffic accident and I helped and I wanted to see how they were because I never heard anything about it. I was more curious of their. I know you physical. were more worried. You were worried. I yeah. I yeah. really, I really did not expect that to turn out well. But that was a miracle, in itself. Like that's a miracle. That's what I'm saying. I is God witness. still is in the business of miracles? I guess I should say the injuries and stuff so that people know what I'm talking about. So, basically, I didn't do anything. I'm just going to put that out front. I tried to help in a car accident. When I'm on our way home from my birthday dinner a couple years ago, and it was a man and his wife, they had got rear-ended, and she ended up, it was a really bad wreck. He was out of it, she was laid back, I thought that she was going to die. Turned out she was internally decapitated. Her vertebrae were completely separate. Her head was just held on by skin, basically. And... We were able to get her out of the car. I helped the EMTs remove her. And she went to the hospital. And she, through the grace of God, survived. Not only did she survive, this woman was not supposed to be able to walk, talk, eat, anything ever again. She was going to be a vegetable. And his mother calls me almost a year later to invite me to the one-year anniversary and she says it was a celebration of life 
So I'm thinking she died. But it wasn't that she died. It's that she lived and they were celebrating. Not only did she live, but a year after this accident, I'm talking to her. She walks up to me, gives me a big hug, tells me thank you. I tell her, you don't have to thank me. I didn't do anything. You did and God did. And then it brought tears to my eyes literally when I seen her pick up her child. She had a little, like, I believe he was like three, three-year-old son. And she picks him up and is holding him, not for very long because she's still recovering from her traumatic injury, but she holds, holds him for at least a minute and then puts him back down. And we talked for a while. I talked to her husband, and her mom comes up and gives me a big hug. And I'm like, you know, I didn't do I didn't deserve any praise for this. This had nothing to do with me. This was all God and this woman's desire to live that allowed her to get to where she is today. And she's still suffering and going through it every day. She She's going to be for probably the rest of her well, life. Well, that's another thing that Job says, going back to Job, because there's just so much you can learn from Job. Job is a champ. Job was Job. a champ. Job. He, was, he was a champ. So he says... That, like, not only, like, when you're going through the fire, you you know, you're going to come out like gold on the other side, but that God does as he wishes, but that he will complete and fulfill in you the task that is assigned to you. Yes. So, like, we are all given this allotment. We're all designed to have this on our plate. These are the cards we've been dealt, so to say. Mm-hmm. But he will complete in us what he had started. Yes. It's his promise. And he can't go back on his promises or he denies himself. Like, he is a God of faithfulness. So he will be faithful to complete in you whatever he had started. So, I mean, that just, I, I personally feel like there's hope in that message. Especially when you're not feeling well, like, okay, this isn't the end because this isn't completed. Exactly. Like, there's just so much hope. Yeah, and people need hope. What they don't need is prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel. gospel. (laughs) It's, It's a false doctrine. It's not real. They're not selling you real miracles. They're not going to help you. They're not even really interested in helping you. Mm-mm. It's about lying. And the Bible pockets. holds all answers. Look in the Bible, and it will tell you about false teachings. Yeah, and it talks about what's going to happen to the false teachers during the Day of Judgment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all know what they do with that money. See, what they do is they cherry-pick verses. They use verses, but they cherry-pick and they twist and construe. Yeah. They do the same thing Lucifer would do. Exactly. He, like, he knows the Bible. Lucifer knows the Bible. Yeah. He knows it front words and back. And you know his trick is is what he he what he tells Eve. Go back to like what he tells Eve. He Did God really tell you? I mean, that's what his first words to Eve was. That's what he tells us to this day. He doesn't change it up at all. Because it puts that seed of doubt. Did he really tell exactly. you? Exactly. And Did, all he yeah. needs, Did all he? he needs is that doubt. You start yeah, questioning please. yourself. Did I hear him right? Mm-hmm. And we still do that today. Did she really say that I could uh-huh. go out today? Or yeah. I can't. I'm going to just stay home because right. I don't know. You yeah. know, Lucifer actually went into with Eve saying that God actually wants to hurt her. Yeah, like, he'll put in your mind, like, does God really love you? Does it really say in the Bible that you just need to have faith through the cross? Does it really say that Jesus redeemed you forever? Like, that's Mm -hmm. all he needs to do is to get that doubt in there, and then it just manifests itself tenfold. Yeah. And that's what he uses. That's what the prosperity gospel uses. They just, they twist things. And, like, I hate when people cherry pick. Yeah. Like, you can't sit there and say, like, because it, it does say, you know, to have faith in God. And, like, you know, by your stripe, by his stripes you are healed. And, you know, that he will, he will heal you. All the, like, all this stuff. Like, yeah. you will have the desires of your heart. That's in there. But. But. but they leave out. will. 
in what his will. Everything is led right back to his will. If it's not his will, it's not gonna it's no. not gonna go. There's this funny thing that I heard is it's Yahweh or no way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I mean it it, it rings true. It's Yahweh or his no way. way. If he if you're sick and you're praying for healing and it does not happen, it is not because God is ignoring you and he doesn't want to heal you. It's because God has a bigger purpose for mm -hmm. you. Doesn't mean he's far away. He is right next to you. Yeah. Walking through that fire with you. He's There's a reason why everything happens. We can't see it because we're so finite. Mm -hmm. God is infinite in yeah. his wisdom. We're very finite. We are only aware of what we do. Yeah. And a little bit of what the like, people around It reminds us do. me of what I had heard a, a few years ago. Um, it was this like a, analogy that was used. Um, but it was like talking about a parade and how we're like little kids and we're trying to like, you know, get on our dad's shoulders so we can see like a portion of the parade because we can, we can only see a mm -hmm. little part. But like the dad is taller so he can see pretty much like the whole parade. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just goes back to God saying that his ways are higher than ours. His, um, his ideas, his knowledge, like he says that as heaven is, is higher than earth. So his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. Like we can't. He'd have to be. I mean, he created everything. Right. So yeah, he's going to be, you know controlling everything this is his world we are his creation he loves us he wants us to do well mm -hmm. he put us on this earth to love him and love each other and be as one family through him we have gone to great lengths especially i think here lately to divide ourselves up, to break us apart from each other, to separate us. But that's not what God wants for us. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want us separated. He wants us united. He wants us together and social, socializing with one another. Because uh, that's how you, you touch lives. Mm -hmm. You get social. You talk to people. And you never know. Like... There's been times I'm I'm really bad about talking to people that I don't know and really even worse at complimenting people that I don't know because I don't know how they're going to take it. So and there's been times where I just feel compelled to tell somebody like one time at Walmart there was a girl working the register that she had her hair all done and I just told her you have beautiful hair. Your hair's beautiful. And it lit her up. She felt so great. This girl was a little heavier set. I'm just going to say she was a little heavier set. So, you know, she. I don't think she was used to getting compliments. Yeah. Like that's where I'm going. And then when I gave her the compliment, it made her day. It's like it lifted her spirit. You could see it in her face. Like, oh, wow. And then she... She said that she was in a play and she had to have her hair done for this play. I think it was like a Christmas play or something mm -hmm. like that. So I'm just saying, like, you never know how saying something positive to somebody is going to affect their day. Well, the fact is, too, is we want to take and pretend that we are just in the here and the now. But, like, I mean, we read the Bible and we think of it as, like, an old book, which is true. It's It's been handed down generations since you know, since the disciples wrote it. But it only ended because the disciples had ended it at the time. But really, we're, we're still living out God's word. It yeah. hasn't ended. It didn't end with Revelation or with, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or anything. It, no. We're still living out his word and his story. We're we're playing our part in his story. So my point that I was making was just be kind to people. Show kindness. And when you get that feeling like, I feel like this person could use a kind word, say something nice. Compliment their, their clothing or their shoes or their hair or, you know, just something. Something positive. Because that could really have a ripple effect in the day. Saying something kind to somebody that brings their mood up could keep them 
from doing something drastic later on because you know you altered their course mm -hmm. of their day well there's that one girl i forgot where it is i want to say it's in england somewhere um she took and read about a couple of suicides on a bridge and it's been a while since i read the story but she took a, a bunch of handwritten notes just with saying a couple of little things like little inspirational things or like you matter and stuff like that and she hung these little notes on the bridge and she saved many lives yeah. because people would go up there to commit suicide and they'd see a note and that's what they needed. And you know why? Because people that are at the end of the rope like that, they are looking for a sign. Mm -hmm. They want to know. They want they someone matter. to stop them. They want to know that somebody cares. Because mm -hmm. when you're at that low and you're just ready to end it all. You just feel like nobody's going to miss me. I don't matter. I'm worthless. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I should, might as well just die. Just like that Claire, she was going through some depression because of the pain that went with her cystic fibrosis. And she, um, she ended up nearly dying. She flatlined once, nearly died five other times. And she said that as she was dying, that she mourned her own death because she mourned the potential she wouldn't have. She mourned not being able to do things for other people. She mourned not being able to have a future or another sunset or someone to love or her mom's hand to hold. I'm trying not to get emotional over it. But she said that what gifted that that brought her was the fact that when she came out of it, she knew that she wasn't suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. she said when you are at that, when you know you're going to die, every fiber in your body, your brain is telling you to hang on. It's telling you to live as it's, as it's going out. She said it's like weird because it's like separated, but you can feel everything telling you to pull through. Is your body telling you to pull through in your brain or was it God saying you're not done? You need to start a foundation. You need to reach some lives. You Maybe. need to because right after that, life. right after that, she was in a coma for seventeen days, and her dad said she woke up and came out a completely different person. Yeah, because nothing makes you know that you want to live, like almost dying. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just facts. <laughs> I mean, like that song. I think it was uh, Tim McGraw, "Live Like You Were Dying." <laughs> And we don't. None of us do that. And the fact is, is we, we want to think, oh, we're going to die when we're 50, 60, 70. That's what Claire says, 50, 60, 70, 80. But the thing is, is we don't know. We could die tomorrow. I mean, I think that's why, like, I have such an appreciation for life is, like, I've lost so many friends at an early age that, like, you wouldn't think that someone would die that young. Right. And then it, it happens, and you never seen it coming and it could happen to you and that's it there there goes your potential that's why like like i want to live a life that is to help and serve others i want to like there to be like less of me because i feel like that's when it matters yeah. that's when you leave something behind that's true and i mean when I was in high school, I lost a friend in a car accident. There, he was riding with another guy, and they went off the road, and they hit a tree. And he died. Young. I mean, he was 17, I believe. Seems junior. Junior year of 17, high school. 17, yeah. Um, and then fast forward to losing my brother in a car accident. Pretty much the same scenario in a car lose control hits a tree right so two people that i know under 20 dying in car accidents involving a car hitting a tree and then i had a friend who was murdered yeah. and then i had another friend that died in a car accident and they were both 16 yeah i mean you, it, I it could be any age really you, your life is as long as god mm -hmm. deems it to be age does not matter no it doesn't it it's uh, Claire was 21. It's 21. up to God. Like, your life is already determined. It's already laid out. God knows mm -hmm. when the end of your life is. And you can't pray an extra day into existence. No. 
<laughs> you just... People will try, but, I mean, when your time's up, it's up. Mm -hmm. And you don't know when that clock's up. That's why, like, when I'm not feeling good, like, I just, I really try to pull myself through it. As in, like, thinking in that way. You know, like, okay, what am I going to do with this day that was given to me? Because, God willing, I have a tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But if he's not willing, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But see, and that's how the prosperity gospel pulls you in. Because you have all this stuff happening, all these things. And you want mm -hmm. more time. You want more health. You want more wealth. You yeah. want to be able to travel the world. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these things that you want. And then they say, hey, we can make all that happen. Yeah. Donate this much to this to our church so we can get the word of God out there and you're going to have all these glories happen to you all this prosperity is going to just rain down on you mm -hmm. from heaven God's going to give you all your wildest dreams yeah. you're not going to be sick anymore you're not going to be poor anymore mm -hmm. you're not going to be single anymore you're going to have that nice home that you want and that nice shiny car you don't have the sickness and the struggle then what is the point you know, like, you can find joy in the pain and in the sickness and in the poverty. Yeah. And The happiest people are the poorest people. Exactly. You can find joy in that. And I think that that's where you really get the biggest perspective, that biggest awakening, that wow moment, you know, where you have appreciation. Let's put this in perspective, okay? Uh, go to New York. Big city. See how many people you see just walking around with big smiles on their face, just enjoying their time? Probably not very many, if any at all. But you go to some... I was like, where are you going with this, John? Because I can't imagine poor, that. You go to some poor country. Mm -hmm. You go to like Ghana or some of these countries in Africa, and you see kids running around playing, and they're living in... Conditions that we wouldn't find acceptable. But you see them and they're just running around having fun and enjoying life. And they have, a lot of them have strong faith in God. Mm -hmm. They're very Christian and they hold to their Bible. Uh, a lot of them. I mean, there's many different faiths there in Africa. But there, there's a good population of them that are, are Christian. Uh, and you see them with the biggest smiles on their face. And... A lot of them are seem very friendly, and you know, it, it's a completely different thing. They have almost nothing compared to people in a big city with money and everything. Not everybody in New York has money, obviously, but mm -hmm. uh, but a place like that to a, a or small LA poor or uh, LA, yeah. and, and then you compare the Silicon Valley, the traits of the people, <laughs> and. People seem a little happier with less, mm -hmm. and they're also more giving because they know what it's like to be poor. Well, so I they know. try to help each other out exactly. with everything, everything that they got. It's the communities, and they're going to try to help mm -hmm. everybody out. This person's sick, then we're going to try to help. Mm -hmm. and this person's sick, we're going to try to help. They need a new roof put on their, their yeah. house, we're going to try to help. But here, yeah. you don't really get a whole lot of that. Right. Well, even like here, you can see some people that, you know, um, are not the richest. Um, you know, like you, of course, you know, because I'm your wife, but I grew up in a family where we struggled a lot. Like we had a wood-burning stove in the winter, and we had fans in the summer. and um, But like we pulled together and lived, lived together a lot and shared our incomes and we we still like we don't live together anymore obviously but we still just kind of share money and trade things off and on and just we live like we used to because that's that's how we did for generations yeah. um but we were happy i grew up like my childhood was you know i can't complain it was a good childhood i was happy i wasn't rich but i was happy yeah and i mean it's kind of the same childhood I had we weren't rich we really didn't have much uh, but we made do with what we had mm -hmm. and we had ups and downs and just rolled with it I mean yeah. that's, that's kind of where I got my whole just go with the flow mentality mm -hmm. I'm just gonna 
where life takes me, that's where we're going. Right. Uh, the rich people, uh, usually their kids get more ignored because they've got to keep money. So they've got to work all day. And they don't socialize with their kids as much as... Yeah, 11-year-old perspective. Rich <laughs> people don't spend as much time with their kids. And, and I've heard that. And... Uh, they even make true. jokes about it on TV shows yeah, and stuff I mean, like that. I look get... at Paris and Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Her parents are always like in some other country and she's raised by her nanny. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure that happens a lot. And I'm sure there are parents out yeah. there that have money and they take care of their kids and they spend time with them and everything too. But yeah. Right, uh, like we're not getting judgy or like no. weird it's, it's or anything It's the situation. Here. It's what do you put as a priority in right. your life? Is the money your so priority money or, or your kids? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, our, our priority should never be money. It, it should be the people around mm -hmm. us. We should be, our priority should be doing what God wants us to do, helping people, uh, helping each other, helping our family, even strangers. Mm -hmm. I mean, just always being willing to help step in and do what you can for somebody because you never know what's going to happen if, if mm -hmm. you do a little positive in the world how big of a ripple you're going to get from mm -hmm. that so with that being said don't buy into the prosperity gospel it freaking sucks and i know that we kind of like drifted a little here and there but i feel like it all intertwines together it like does. everything we talked about intertwines together if you you know, lead it back to like what we're talking about with yeah, the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel ties to all, everything that we talked about. Mm -hmm. All of the, like I said, the sicknesses and how people try to maintain prosperity isn't like the riches. Yeah, and, people know. maintaining their their joyful attitudes while they're dying of an illness, mm -hmm. but they don't let it get them down. Yeah, these prosperity gospels will get you to put yourself down because they'll make you mm -hmm. think that you're just not righteous enough and yeah. that's why you're sick and dying yeah. and you need to donate more to the church and not sin mm -hmm. and you'll be able to be healed and even claire talks about how the world looks at sick people they look at sick people which i didn't even think about it i've been guilty of it myself as in like you know with pity like oh you know but like she said you know there's a lot that sick people have to offer and that health like healthy doesn't make your life worth living or any how many healthy people are out there that is doing routine mundane things that's wasting their life away yep. like it's about overcoming that health crisis and making the life that you have matter not wasting it away a healthy person can waste a life away so like it doesn't make your life any better to be healthy it doesn't make it any worthwhile like, and that is an attitude that I think that needs to be changed. Yeah. So I think we'll end this podcast with this note. Live your life like there is no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like the song says. Live like you are dying. Yes. If you have the opportunity to do good things in this world, do it. Do good for others without thinking of the gains that will come to you. Don't do things for the gains. Do things because they're the right things to do. Mm -hmm. And if we all do that, this world, I'm telling you, you'd see it start to improve. You'd see less violence. You'd see more caring and building up communities, these communities instead of tearing them down. You'd see people coming together instead of drifting apart. We wouldn't be breaking ourselves up into all these different groups. We would just be united as just people. And we would care and love one another and help each other. And the world would prosper. Not from prosperity gospel, but from actual deeds done for each other. The love of Christ. The love of Christ in the world. So that's all we got for having coffee with Johnny Mac today. I uh, hope you all have a great Friday, and God bless. Oh, and I will also link some of the stuff in the description. Um, the video I was talking about with Claire, and then another video that I did on the prosperity gospel. 
And then there was something else that we had mentioned in here, too. Oh, I'll take in link uh, American Gospel in there the description, go. too. In the link below. So three links if you guys are interested. So subscribe and share and like and comment. And we'll see you guys later.